0: In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. Hi, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Season two is A Practical Treatise of Fear by John I Flavel. Starting a few words back for context... He that is assured he dies in Christ knows, number one, that his living time is his laboring time, but his dying time is his harvest time. Whilst we live, we are plowing and sowing in all the duties of religion, but when we die, then we reap the fruits and comforts of all our labors and duties. Galatians 6, 8 and 9. As much, therefore, as the reaping time is better than the sowing and plowing time, so much better is the death than the life of a believer. Number two, a believer's living time is his fighting time, but his dying time is his conquering and triumphing time. 1 Corinthians fifteen, fifty-five and 56. The conflict is sharp, but the triumph is sweet. And as much as victory and triumph are better than fighting, so much is death better than life to him that dieth in Jesus. Number three, a believer's living time is his tiresome and weary time, but his dying time is his resting and sleeping time. Isaiah 57, 2. Here we spend and faint. There we rest in our beds. And as much as refreshing rest in sleep is better than tiring and fainting, so much is a believer's death better than his life. Number four, a believer's living time is his waiting and longing time, but his time of dying is the time of enjoying what he hath long wished and waited for. Hmm. Philemon or Philippians one twenty three. Here we groan and sigh for Christ. There we behold and enjoy Christ. And so much as vision and fruition are better and sweeter than hoping and waiting for it, so much is a believer's death better than his life. Two. As the advantage a believer makes of death is great to him by dying only in Christ, so it is much greater and the richest improvement that can be made of death to die for christ as well as in christ for compare them in a few particulars and you shall find number one that though a natural death hath less horror yet a violent death for christ hath more honor in it to him that dies united with christ the grave is a bed of rest But to him that dies as a martyr for Christ, the grave is a bed of honor. To you, saith the Apostle, it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe, but also to suffer for his sake. Philippians one twenty-two. To you it is granted as a great honor and favor to suffer for Christ, All that live in Christ have not the honor to lay down their lives for Christ. It was the great trouble of Ludophicus Marsacus, a knight of France, to be exempted because of his dignity from wearing his chain for Christ, as the other prisoners did, and he resented it as a great injury. Give me, saith he to his keeper, my chain as well as they, and create me a knight of that noble order. 2. By a natural death, we only submit ourselves to the unavoidable consequence of sin. But in dying a violent death for Christ, we give our testimony against the evil of sin and for the precious truths of Jesus Christ. The first is the payment of a debt of justice due by the fall of adam the second is the payment of a debt of thankfulness and obedience due to christ who redeemed us with his own blood thus we become witnesses for god as well as sufferers upon the account of sin in the first sin witnesseth against us in this we witness against it and indeed it is a great testimony against the evil of sin We declare to all the world that there is not so much evil in a dungeon, in a bloody axe, or consuming flames, as there is in sin. That it is far better to lose our carnal friends, estates, liberties, and lives, than part with Christ's truths and a good conscience, as Zwinglius said. What sort of death? Should not a Christian choose? What punishment should he not rather undergo? Yea, into what vault of hell should he not rather choose to be cast than to witness against truth and conscience? 3. A natural death in Christ may be as safe to ourselves, but a violent death for Christ will be more beneficial to others. By the former we shall come to heaven ourselves, but by the latter we may bring many souls thither. The blood of the martyrs is truly called the seed of the church. Many waxed confident by Paul's bonds, his sufferings fell out to the furtherance of the gospel, and so may ours. In this case, a Christian like Samson doth greater service against Satan and his cause by his death and by his life. If we only die a natural death in our beds, we die in possession of the truths of Christ ourselves. But if we die martyrs for Christ, we secure that precious inheritance to the generations to come. And those that are yet unborn shall bless God, not only for his truths, but for our courage, zeal, and constancy by which it was preserved for them, and transmitted to them. By all this you see that death to a believer is great gain. It is great gain if he only die in Christ. It is all that, and a great deal more added if he also die for Christ. And he that is assured of such advantages by death, either way, must needs feel his fears of death shrink away before such assurances. Yea, he will rather have life in patience and death in desire. He will not only submit quietly, but rejoice exceedingly to be used by God in such honorable employment. Assurance will call a bloody death a safe passage to Canaan through the Red Sea. It will call Satan that instigates these his instruments and all that are employed in such bloody work by him, so many Balaam's brought to curse, but they do indeed bless the people of God and not curse them. The assured Christian looks upon his death as his wedding day, Revelation nineteen seven. And therefore it doth not much differ whether the horse sent to fetch him to Christ be pale or red, so he may be with Christ his love as Ignatius called him. He looks upon death as his day of enlargement out of prison, Second Corinthians 5, 8, and it is not much odds what hand opens the door or whether a friend or enemy close his eyes, so he have his liberty and may be with Christ. Oh, then, give the Lord no rest, till your hearts be at rest by the assurance of his love and the pardon of your sins, when you can boldly say, The Lord is your help, you will quickly say what immediately follows, I will not fear what man can do unto me. Hebrews thirteen six, And why? If thy heart be upright, mayest thou not attain it, Full assurance is possible, else it had not been put into the command, Second Peter one ten. The sealing graces are in you. The sealing spirit is ready to do it for you. The sealing promises belong to you. But we give them not all diligence, and therefore go without the comfort of it. Would we pray more and strive more? Would we keep our hearts with a stricter watch, mortify sin more thoroughly, and walk before God more accurately? How soon may we attain this blessed assurance, and in it an excellent cure for our distracting and slavish fears? Rule 8 let him that designs to free himself of distracting fears be careful to maintain the purity of his conscience and integrity of his ways in the whole course of his conversation in this world. Uprightness will give us boldness and purity will yield us peace. Isaiah thirty-two seventeen. The work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Look, as fear follows guilt and guile, so peace and quietness follow righteousness and sincerity. Proverbs 28, one, The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. His confidence is great. Because his conscience is quiet, the peace of God guards his heart and mind. There are three remarkable steps by which Christians rise to the height of courage in tribulations. Romans 5, 1, 2, 3, and 4. First, they are justified and acquitted from guilt by faith, verse 1. Then, they are brought into a state of favor and acceptation with God, verse 2. Thence they rise one step higher, even so a view of heaven and the glory to come, verse 3. And from thence they take an easy step to glory in tribulations, verse 4. I say it is an easy step, for let a man once obtain the pardon of sin, the favor of God, and a believing view and prospect of the glory to come. And it is so easy to triumph in tribulation in such a station as that is, that it will be harder, it will be found as hard to hinder it as to hinder a man from laughing when he is tickled. This concludes part 23 of John Flavel's A Practical Treatise of Fear.